World War Covid. From Weapon World to Peace World. Learner, begin. Aliens and Caveman 3. My far out conclusion? Some human versus monster nightmares may have been real life predicaments our ancestors survived, registered into genetic memory and passed on to us. Each of us may harbor in our genes and dreams the inherited history of our ancestors human and otherwise. The collective superconscience could retain a global readout of life since its inception. The adrenaline rush we experience watching movies like Alien, Predator, Jaws, etc. As well as childhood panic attacks from monster nightmares, maybe dream reenactments of scary scenarios our ancestors survived, recorded into DNA and transmitted to their progeny. J.G. Ballard is in part responsible for this speculation. Apparently, L. Ron Hubbard entertains similar notions. If we could tap into this marvel, we might recall the history of terrestrial life in its entirety, supplement the flimsy fantasies of recorded history and empty dreams of past life with the total recall of the past genetically recorded, replace the pipe dream of a clockwork time machine with the full potential of human DNA, the ultimate recording medium both in volume of data assimilated and fidelity of duplication over long stretches of time. In-depth hypnosis could help us explore this hypothesis. Another conclusion, stranger still. If human beings did cross the Bering Strait dryshot from Siberia, big predators, super droughts, and decade-long blizzards would have killed most of them. Feel free to bring up kayak-born hunters hugging the coastline, driven there by unexpected storms or intentional expeditions, but what about the women and kids? Flotillas of young couples? Wary aliens may have nurtured the toughest of these explorers, massacred local fauna and left its carcasses for survivors to consume. Could a team of aliens have vaccinated our ancestors against epidemics, given them biodegradable shelters and safe transport to milder climes further south? From then on, did it intervene for good or ill when it judged that humanity strayed too far from its developmental ideal? Could what we call God have been an alien matriarchy that nursed humanity through its pathetic infancy? For the time being, does it tolerate our James Dean juvenile delinquency and chaperone us through our James Bond militarism under a threadbare cloak of self-advertised anonymity? Who knows? Could it be that the community we call God is just an alien hunt club, a gaggle of jock trophy hunters of the type we mass-produce here on Earth? As it stands, human hunters swarm the trifling wildlife habitat we had not got around to ruin. Nowadays, sport hunting is as acceptable as target practice on the statues in an art museum, a la Daesh. In the extremity of our weapons addiction, a primetime newscast of this type of vandalism would come to us as no surprise. Did some remote agency regulate these big game hunters in our favor? Was humanity declared a protected species due to our potential? Did a policy of licensed hunting leave providential spoils behind on which our ancestors could gorge, plus unoccupied continents for them to explore? Does all that sound far-fetched? What other alternative have you got? Could human flesh have been toxic for big predators? Have we forgotten some magical survival skill that mankind once mastered, teleportation or telekinesis? Picture us as cavemen. Let's say you could magically project yourself onto the shoulders of a mastodon, hoisting a big rock with both hands and bringing it crashing down on his head. Now, there's my kind of Neolithic hunting. But there'd still be unsustainable casualties. A major re-evaluation of human prehistory is overdue to set straight the myth of stone-tipped spear huntsmen exterminating entire species of multi-ton animals, overcoming arctic blizzards on the move and avoiding epidemics by miracle, all that without intelligent assistance. Recall that the mildest spots on the Antarctic are sterile except for lichens, microorganisms, and sea creatures, deadly cold and barren for all but the most experienced and well-equipped modern explorers. There are no natives on Antarctica.
Back then, the Bering Passage would have resembled it closely. Recognizable civilization and sentience may have been so rare in cosmic space-time that none remains nearby. That does not seem very likely. The acorn falls close to the tree. Might this desert masquerade have been the deliberate intent of unseen sentiency? Among others, four fates may have befallen advanced extraterrestrial civilizations and veiled them from our view. They optimized their energy manipulation so as to emit little or no electromagnetic noise and waste energy, making use of it instead, in a way we consider impossible according to our energy conservation laws and black box models. What's that? Could our prized scientific dogmas prove to be horribly wrong? Probably so, given the fate of precursor dogmas considered just as perfect. Or more likely, reaching the terminus of the same weapon railway we're speeding down now, without switching to another track leading away from inevitable military extinction. Or some cosmic hiccup snuffed them. Or the lack of alien life in a universe that should be full of it confirms our suspicion that the universe is a virtual reality programmed by a prior civilization to contain us like lightning bugs in a jar, or, more accurately, fighting scorpions. Earthlings. Amuse us with your endless, meaningless wars. This alien intelligence would only confront us as an existential threat once we had united in peace and stopped being the subject of wagers on every scale from criminal duels to the downfall of civilizations. Given these possibilities, guarding alien radio frequencies might be about as sensible as lounging along a Manhattan gutter and expecting a message in a bottle cast off from a beach in Hawaii. Some other communication technology, superior to the radio, must be commonplace among them, and the radio we play with so intently, a dead end or a child's toy. The electronic equivalent of Twig's monkeys used to tease tasty tidbits from a termite mound. Miraculous and brilliant, for a monkey. Rasmus Bjork, a researcher at the Niels Bohr Institute in Copenhagen, hypothesized that an alien intelligence could disperse self-replicating robot probes to discover life in its galaxy, spend the entire duration of that galaxy in so doing and not discover all the havens of life and sentiency within it. Sentient beings must be few and far between, at least until humanity launches out into a nearly empty universe and colonizes it, the way our ancestors crossed whole continents uninhabited otherwise. Then again, could we exploit this space-time displacement to our advantage, find alien artifacts out there, that would reveal our distant past and remote future? This fate may befall us, or nothing of the sort. We learners who care, are itching to get out there and find out. Fellow learners, Peace World offers us the best means to do that. One fine morning, a few thoughtful Europeans awoke lightning struck to the realization that the world was round instead of flat and that its known surface had expanded enormously. Every once in a while, I ask myself if physical reality materializes in parallel with our understanding of it, if prior universes are complete manifestations only slightly more complex than our current understanding of them. In other words, as humanity came to terms with Copernican, Newtonian, Einstein's, quantum and other descriptions of reality, the universe evolved from simpler forms, nested crystal spheres, for example, overseen by man-like godlings from storm clouds and secluded mountain tops, to accommodate our latest visualization of it. A universe flexible enough to reflect our collective imagination, a funhouse mirror maze of the human intellect. Ah, idealism pursued to dizzying heights. We may soon come to realize that one of several, many, seven, dimensions beyond space and time may be intent. In other words, Life intends to grow and die and thus travels down the dimension of intent to grow and die, carrying along with it the three dimensions of space and the one perpendicular to them we recognize as time. We intend to annihilate ourselves militarily and thus jaywalk in that direction. This book suggests that we choose world peace instead, 
finding our way down divergent dimensions from the ones that unfold from weapon world. This fifth dimension would more likely be the synthesis of intent and result, the way our current dimensions synthesize high-low, near-far, left-right and former-latter. Of course, scientists dismiss intent for the simple reason they see a four-dimensional snapshot of reality, the way we use a two-dimensional map to visualize the Rocky Mountains in three. How convenient for them. Speaking scientifically, we have determined, at least enough to convince you, that mountains don't have any altitude since they're flat on every map we've studied meticulously. Such learner reflections might liberate us from our least convincing primitivisms, the exploration of outer space, reveal to us that the universe unfolds under our gaze like a cosmic lotus, a laboratory maze whose many pathways we may not walk with confidence until we've civilized, and ecologized, ourselves. Comment. Mark Mulligan at Comcast.net